letter from the state of Florida where our 45th president temporarily resides until his triumphant return to that big house in Pennsylvania Avenue in 2024. Once again, it's time for the Flagler Trump Club's Future of Flagler podcast. Here are the patriots who will keep Flagler County red while making America great again. Your host, Trump Club President Mike McElroy, along with Trump Club Vice President and Palm Coast City Councilman Ed Danko. Welcome to the Flagler Trump Club's Future Flagler video podcast. I'm your host, Ed Danko, along with my co-host, Mike. Mike, what's new in the world? Well, uh, a few things. Uh, Again, I want to remind everybody out there that uh, we're proud to be now officially the Flagler Trump Republican Assembly. Uh, We had a great meeting uh, on the 15th where we showed the movie 2000 Mules. Uh, And although I see they continue to refer to President Trump's winning primary choices as uh, election deniers, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we refer to them as election enablers. And uh, we're excited to see that uh, despite the propaganda, including some comments from Mitch McConnell, uh, President Trump still has a firm hold uh, on the party and, and on the direction the party is Absolutely. going. Absolutely. So those pronouncing President Trump as dead, uh, I, I think, are a little premature. And we also see that he's filed a motion uh, countering what, what the egregious and outrageous things were done by the FBI at, at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, we wish him luck with that uh, proceeding. Now, two weeks ago, I was not here when we did the last podcast. You did it yourself. I actually was down at Mar-a-Lago and um, stopped off, wanted to just get a view of this estate. It is absolutely stunning. It is beautiful. It's a lot of security there. I can tell you a lot of security. Uh, But if you get a chance, if you're down in that area, West Palm Beach, and you get a chance to drive by and and get a quick look and snap a picture, uh, you should do it. Oh. And there's a lot of Trump supporters down there, by the way. I saw that on your, your video. I did a video, and I was able and, to and, join those and folks. you weren't here last time. I was not here. Uh, and, I, and, and, and last time, I have to say, you did make the paper. Right. You were in it. Right. This time... I'm, no, I'm nowhere to be found. Uh, you know, I think primary elections may have uh, bumped you off. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be in the paper this week, so... Um, Were you, are you ill? <laughs> no, it would have meant that I was running for re-election, and uh, <laughs> so I'm glad to have a break for two more years before I have to make that decision. So, but we had winners, we had losers, a lot of incumbent losers. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on out there. Some of it was surprising, and, and here's what concerns me. Uh, and we're going to get to, uh, but the board, the school board. Uh, which we've had two conservative voices on for a while, that would, that being uh, Jill Wilbright and Janet McDonald. We no longer have now Jill or Janet. In Jill's place, what we have is a woke Democrat mm-hmm. who was just elected and can now be counted upon to vote with the other Democrat and the woke Republican on that board. And I say... Again, to the voters, don't assume because somebody has an R after their name that they're a conservative because this particular Republican is an LGBTQ advocate Mm -hmm. who has stated that uh, five-year-olds should be able to pick their gender. It's shocking. It's just shocking. And these school board elections are so important. 
And this is a Republican red county. And how this happened in this election, uh, is, it's beyond me. I, I have to think that and these NPA races can be confusing. If folks don't do their homework, uh, they may not know what the registration. Now, uh, both Sally and Courtney Vanderbunt, both Democrats, Sally won outright. Courtney is now in a race with Will Ferry, who we hope will win. Yes. Uh, they are both Democrats, but they mask it. They don't, they don't go around uh, uh, saying they're woke. Uh, they will once they're elected. Once they're oh, in well, no, no, no. You'll get voting. woke policies, but yeah. as far as election espousal goes, they're, oh, we're for improving education. We don't want to uh, ban books, which is not what Joe Wilbright was doing, banning books. Um, the other thing that disturbed me about the school board election uh, was the intervention of our good friend, and I use that term with some irony, the left-wing blogger who literally invaded a church with his camera right before the primary elections and implied, as it well, didn't imply, stated outright that the church was violating uh, tax laws. Well, my friends, there's only one church that's ever lost their their charitable tax status from the IRS. Uh, so corporately, the church cannot endorse. That doesn't prevent a candidate from going to church and speaking. And we all remember Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. in September of 2016 in front of the Baptist Association. So the the blogger was her fake fake accent. Yeah, yeah. The blogger isn't bothered by progressive uh, uh, churches. He's just bothered by conservative churches and his hostility to religion in general, which progressives have been doing for quite some time now with some of these court decisions. So it's, it's ironically, he accuses the conservatives of suppressing freedom of religion, mm -hmm. but it's exactly what he wants to do. Um, and he's, he's come up with this fashionable new phrase, Christian, white Christian nationalist. You're going to be hearing a lot of it. So let me just tell you what a white Christian nationalist is, because it sounds like almost rhymes with Nazi, which is what the left they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a white Christian nationalist is white Christian, and they believe that God uh, and, uh, and had a, fa a place in our founding. That's, that's, if you believe those things, you, my friend, are a white Christian nationalist. And, uh, and we've got a left-wing, liberal, socialist, communist, blame America first, fake news uh, blogger who will label you as such. Oh, absolutely. And the irony of it is that while he's accusing churches, which are treated as 503C for charitable purposes, they are not 503Cs. They do not have to apply for 503C status. That is automatic with the, ironically, the bloggers. He is an IRS a 503. Yes, he is. And he gets away with stuff that, I mean, if there's a kernel of news in the column, most of it is, is outrageous left-wing opinion. Yep, absolutely. So anyway, um, I'm not in the newspaper this week, but we sadly. we sadly, yes, but by next week, I'll be back in the paper, no doubt. But we do have one of the winners here uh, joining us today, Alan Lowe. Alan, 
Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Alan is with our club, and of course, we've supported him all along. So we're happy he's going through uh, to, to November. To, to November. November. Yep. It's going to be a tough race. Are you ready for it? I don't quit. So <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah. And again, my concern is that uh, because the city is an NPA race, okay? Yeah. And if people brand themselves in a way that if the voter doesn't dig in, uh, the voter is really not going to be aware of who's where, what position, and so forth. And that's why getting out, knocking on doors, uh, introducing yourself to people, and, and being available helps to pull that veil back so that you can see what a person actually stands for. And I've knocked on... Well, this last time now, I've knocked on uh, somewhere very close to 5,000 doors. So, And I'm going to start back up again uh, actually Monday. So I'm not resting. You know, I'm taking a couple days off, but uh, back at it. Well, it's going to be a long road from here to November, but a very short amount of time to get down that road. Well, we've spoken before. Every day is a second. Every day is a second in a political campaign, and it right. takes by very quickly. But, um, you know, there'll be, there'll be opportunities for people to meet you. I assume you're yes. going to do some meet and there'll greets and stuff and along greets, the way. Yes. And, and fundraisers and stuff like yes. that because this stuff does cost money. Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you know, I've, I've spoken with, you know, Christy and Will. And, uh, you know, Jill, Jill ran last time, but it was an easy race for her last time. This was a real race. Yeah. They didn't understand... Yeah the work that has to be put in and, and the time and the money that has to be put in to do this. People don't understand. They think that this is just a walk in the park. You put your name on the list and here you go. It's nothing like that. It's not this, is, this, is, this is not a 40-hour-a-week job. This is a 24-hour-a-day, every week, every day job. So you're running against uh, this carpetbagger from Jacksonville. Yes. I mean, she doesn't, she's not from here. She, uh, her business is not done here. Well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm 33 years in the district. She's, t what, just over two months now? Two, is it two months? Is it that, is it that long I think, since she I, yeah, moved I, in I, next door? Yes. Well, um, she started off in a P.O. box, uh, but she now has a house and, uh, I think it's about two months. So she knows a lot about your district. Oh, she knows all about it. She knows that if you go left, you can get to her house. <laughs> <laughs> and, if you, and if you go right, we get to yours, right? Actually, that's true, yes. <laughs> so um, what are some of the differences between you and her? Well, there's some big differences, I think. Oh, one is, I think we all agree that we need diversity on the city council. So... Um, I bring an extensive background in owning a small business and working here and working with the city in Palm Coast, 35 years of it. I believe in buy local, shop local, you know, and so my campaign material was bought locally. I've been to almost every city council meeting for the last couple of years. I've stood at the podium dozens of times. And if we back up a little bit and look at it, yes, once she put her name in the hat to run for office, she sits at the back table and, and she is present at city council meetings. But, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe she's ever stood at the podium and actually fought she, for anything. She's never come to the podium during public comment. She's never expressed a view during that public comment. She sits in the back of the room and I see she has a laptop with her. And it doesn't look like she's paying attention to anything that's going on during this meeting. She, I think she's 
you know, I can't prove it, but it looks like to me she's working, you know, whatever her, her legal business is, uh, while just sitting there to show, you know, show the flag. Show that she's there. Well, you know, I, she sits, I sit more forward, so I can't see what she's doing back there, but, uh, she's doing this, just <laughs> typing away with her fingers and, uh, not looking not up. Not looking up. Well, so well, I'll tell you, being present at a meeting is nice, but that's not involvement. Yeah. And uh, well, I, if she sees this, I'll expect that she'll be standing at the podium now trying to say something, say something and wash that away. But but let's look at it. I mean, two years I've been standing at the podium pretty much every meeting. Pretty I come much up every and, meeting. And fight for the people for something like against the whole pickleball disaster thing which they were getting ready to spend over 30 million dollars managed to knock that out um we're not spending a penny of tax dollars exactly. it's grants and impact fees it's a much scaled down version which will give us the pickleball courts and the tennis courts that we need they it also that. expands our community center because we're putting some rooms in right. there uh it's not going to be a grandiose stadium that uh, melissa holland Wanted. By the way, Melissa, if you are watching, <laughs> you are always invited to come here and join us for this podcast. We would love to see you, Melissa. It's been way too long, so just give me a call and let's set this up. But anyway, can uh, I be here for that? One? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm he gonna really show. misses you, Melissa. <laughs> yes, I think he wants you to run for mayor again. Yes, I do. I do. Um, I'm gonna sell tickets if we get her to come on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be People great. People will be lining up. Um, it's true. And. Uh, but I mean, it's not that grandiose scheme that she had. No, you know, uh, you you it, voted against it. I stood up there and and presented facts on. I mean, I stood there. Do you have a business plan? No. Do you have a cost uh, a construction cost? No. no. Do you have future maintenance costs? No. Do you have break even point? No. Do you have return on investment? No. But let's vote for it anyway. Yeah. It's ridiculous, yeah. and I'm glad that it uh, and, got and, scaled back. And the cost of construction material and, and and doing all the work and stuff really played a big role in this. I mean, there wasn't enough money. Well, when there a two by four goes from two to three bucks to ten bucks, you know that their initial estimates just go out the window. Yeah, and it's and ridiculous. So that's what happened with this. You know, fortunately, we're able to put an end to that. And, and other things you have spoken about. I've spoken and, about dredging. Yep, dredging about dredging. And we will get to that in a moment after a word from our sponsors. Tired of sitting at home restless? Need to exercise? Playing golf is one of the best ways to stay fit, and golf courses are one of the safest places to be. The gorgeous 18-hole Gary Player-designed Cypress Snow Golf Course is open to the public. Enjoy your game in the heart of Palm Coast, surrounded by nine glimmering lakes and plenty of wildlife. Your safe and healthy choice is Cypress Snow Golf, voted the most beautiful course in Flagler County. Call to book your tee time, 437-5807. That's 437-5807. Hi, I'm Oliver North to encourage you to elect Alan Lowe to the Palm Coast City Council. Alan's a 39-year resident, a U.S. patent holder, and a successful businessman. He's an innovator who pursues unique solutions to tough problems. I know he'll work hard to ensure Palm Coast has a diverse business environment and supports good-paying jobs. He's a fiscal conservative who supports tax cuts and won't allow wasteful spending. He'll never seek to defund the sheriff's office and work closely with my friend Rick Staley to ensure Palm Coast continues to be a safe community. Now more than ever, America and Palm Coast need strong conservative leaders like Alan Lowe. If I lived in Palm Coast, I'd vote to put Alan Lowe on the city council. I sure hope you will. 
Well, we're back with our guest, Alan Lowe, and we were talking about other issues that you've spoken out and pushed at City Hall, and, and that one of them is dredging, dredging our canals, and, yes. and we both have led the charge on that. Yes. And a year ago, uh, my friend Melissa Holland, she didn't want to do it. No. Shame on you, Melissa, if you're watching. Shame on you. Uh, but we managed to get rid of her and then move forward on this. But what folks don't understand, especially in, your, in the C section, in the F section, is that we've just begun this process of looking and into... And still in the baby infancy. This could be, depending on who gets elected to city council, this could come to a screeching halt. And, and, and it needs to be understood. I, I've stood at the podium several times, and I've presented, I don't know, dozens, maybe hundreds of pages of documents uh, showing that the city did have ownership of the canals, that it was previously that the uh, strategic stormwater drainage fee that we all pay was increased for the saltwater canal maintenance, but it never happened. And so I presented all of this information. Now, it's funny, if you look at my opponent's website, she tries to take credit for it, but she's never stood at the podium, never given a paper, done nothing. But I have, and with, with your help there, it's now on the strategic plan. It is, it is. But it's delicate, it's, and, we, and we need support to maintain that. Yep, we do. Mike? Well, uh, what, I mean, I see that a lot of your opponent's support came from uh, people out of town, uh, financially speaking, a lot of them from that Jacksonville area. You mean people out of town are trying to buy a seat in Palm Coast? Well, I, I, that's not new. But uh, what uh, what other differences do you besides the ones you've just enumerated? Well, this, I, I started to say a few minutes ago. I think uh, that we need diversity of background skills on the on the dais at City Hall. One of the skills I bring is that I've been a small business owner and everything. But we pay, uh, uh, correct me again if I'm wrong, Ed, approximately $600,000 a year for the contract for the attorney that sits at the dais now. That is correct. So we're paying $600,000 a year for an attorney that sits at the dais, and my opponent is a real estate attorney. What skill does she add that we aren't already paying $600,000 a year for? Well, she doesn't add any skills in, in that area, as we know. Yeah, so, so we certainly have realty skills. representation on the city council. We do already. The mayor, uh, obviously, is a real estate agent. Yeah, so. Commercial real estate broker. Yeah. yeah, so we do have that and, influence. And I might add, not only at the city council, but throughout Flagler, there are, are uh, you know, the real estate. And yeah. we're not against real estate. No, not against real yeah. estate at all. Uh, but, but, but we have diversity of skills. A lot of representation. Yeah, and... Uh, and I don't think that we should have two attorneys. I have a concern. We have a contract with an attorney firm because that gives us a little bit of an arm's length to liability. If we sit an attorney on the dais, are we shortening that arm's length of liability because she should have or could have known better and causes an issue down the well, road? Well, more importantly, uh, I think the, uh, the phrase is if you have five lawyers in a room, you'll get six opinions. So uh, <laughs> will she be in a, an ego competition with the city council to interpret uh, legal issues? And if she's not, as you say, then, then her legal contribution uh, could only be minimal. Yeah, so, uh, so I mean, I think that's a big difference between us, uh, along with you know the length of time, two months, two months in, a, in a district doesn't give you time to learn anything. I mean, let's face it, uh, you start off in a P.O. box and then in a house, you don't know what's going on in the district. 
I've been in the district, you know, I've had meetings at my house with people on the dredging issue and other issues. And I've uh, had rented rooms at the community center where we've had public um, meetings on those she issues. She hasn't done anything like that as far as no, I know. No, she hasn't held all. a public forum. No, there's, there's no, I mean, she's had meet and greet, but I don't see any public outreach. And we really have to include the public in what we're doing, and, and I don't see it happening. So where do you stand on the other issues? Taxes, for instance. Right now we're in the middle of our budget. Um, we have a quarter of a billion dollar budget for the city of Palm Coast. Oh, that just blows my mind. Uh, <laughs> as you know, uh, with inflation and... Um, yeah, we've got inflation. We have high uh, food costs. We have the... I mean, we want to pretend that gas went down 20 cents, so it's really great, but it's still up a buck something. So it's it's a joke. So with all of these things and... and, and oh, it's up more than a dollar. It's well, up two something. Two actually. something. Okay. So yeah. we, we have people living on fixed incomes. We have people yeah. with minimum wage jobs because... The city's not really pushing for economic development, which I would push for. So we're putting people into a tough spot, and then we got property taxes coming up. So I think the I think right now, this year, we need to do a rollback and help people get through well, this inflation time. I have said it before, and I will continue to say it during this buzz budget process. It takes a special kind of stupid to want to increase taxes during a recession with inflation. Yeah. And I am pushing for the full millage rate rollback. Um, and I hope the county goes along and has a rollback, and 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 we could really actually reduce taxes with that. Rollback. We could, and and I'll tell you right yeah. now, I pledge this year that would be my goal. If I'm elected and sitting on that dais, there's a rollback in my vote. Well, if you're sitting next to me, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna make sure you keep your word. I'm I'll gonna, keep my I'll word. I'll remind you. <laughs> you got it because we we're forcing people to move because they can't afford right. to live here, right. and that's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Now I see the county uh, it wants to keep the rate the same as it is right now, which in, in effect, uh, you, you know, although it isn't a, a taxation, but with valuation, it represents right. it's a 14 another 14% percent percent. increase in uh, taxes. Now, if you're homesteaded, you don't get the full 14 yeah, 3%. But rental properties? Rental properties, um, all commercial properties, and the yeah, new people yeah. moving in and all these developers, they're all going to get hit. And those commercial properties, if you don't think the businesses pass that 14% along to you. Yeah, of course to. they do. They have I, to. I own a warehouse that people rent. I, I, I'm what are you going to do? It. I have to raise exactly. it. Exactly. Have to. That's and what that's what people forget. And that's why when we play this millage rate game and they say, oh, it's only a max of 3%, Everyone forgets the rest of the picture, right. the other moving parts. All your, you know, your publics and everything, all your food goes up because they're not going to eat it. The other thing I will be calling for, and I hope you're on board with, is I will be calling for a hiring freeze for the next year. No new hires. If somebody leaves, we can replace them. But I don't want to hire a single new employee for the city of Palm Coast. That's one way we can make that quarter of a billion dollars go a lot further this year without raising taxes. The only the only new hires I'm in favor of are county, and that's the five additional deputies that Sheriff Staley has requested. Now, hasn't the fire department requested, I think, three? Yeah, and I, I'm not in favor of any city hires. That Those are city hires. Yeah, well, We've gotten by for a year. Um, you know, I may have some flexibility on fire. That's where I was. Yes, I, I can be flexible with our fire department, but every other office in that in the in that city hall building and every other area that we cover, I just think we can get by one year without hiring more people. One year. One year. We're yeah. doing it now. 
Um, yeah. Why can't we do it for one more year? And and I think we need to. The the bottom line is folks are hurting. Everybody's tightening their belt. They it's are. time for the city yes. to pull up a few yeah. notches. We can't just say, well, you folks are all, you know, you're, you're not going out. You're not spending money. You're trying to conserve your gas. But we need 14% more yeah. and a bunch of new hires. And, I mean, it's just too much. We have a $600,000 budget for our media department at City Hall. $600,000. You, you oh. should switch jobs. I should switch jobs, right? <laughs> right. I, I'd be good at that. Uh, and I, I'll do it for $550,000. See, we just okay. said $50,000. $50, but seriously, um, you know, a city can only get out so many messages. And, you know, we put a little flyer in with your utility bill, you know, and we have a website. And, and you know, we promote certain things like Food Truck Tuesday and other events, which is all good and fine. But I just think we can do this a little cheaper. Well, we, we, we have to 600000 is a lot of money. Yeah. And, and that's another, you mentioned the utilities, another issue in the city, which the two previous mayors, both John Nitz and Melissa Holland uh, administrations, would say the city has no debt. Yeah. And the way they would be able to do that is because the utility is an enterprise fund, mm -hmm. Uh, the ratepayer pays all of the monies that are borrowed against the utility fund uh, through their their rates. Now, there's an enormous debt in the utility fund, uh, and uh, it, from borrowing, which hasn't. I don't even think they've paid back the principal mm -hmm. of that debt, uh, and, and, and so and borrowing allows them not not always to apply that money to the utility fund. So the monies in the utility fund have to be spent. Uh, but when you borrow money, you, you can transfer lines and put it elsewhere. Yep. Now the, the, the general fund is uh, required by law to have a balanced budget every year. So when they refer and say that we're not in debt, that's what they're referring to. And like you said, they forget. I think, what's it, a $220 million debt in the enterprise? I believe fund? so. I $220 believe so. million, dollars, the city's actually in debt and not talking about it's it. an enormous amount of money yeah. yeah and you know for those folks out there who will be getting a new uh a new company who'll be picking up your trash next year um you're going to see an increase yeah. in that utility bill from the city uh so you're already going to be taxed and and more. and and not only we're going to see an increase from that but we're going to see a loss of employment from the people that live here that worked for waste pro yeah yeah and i i voted against that I was the only one to support Waste Pro. Uh, I thought they were doing a fine job. They were the lowest bidder, and um, they would have come down more. So I'm not quite sure what the other council members were thinking. I mean, they had their issues, but the issues, I think, were worked out. And, and they, what, they have 100 local employees? Yeah, yeah. And now they're out of a job. And they, they still have a big local presence. Yeah. yeah. Now, we also have other issues like development and growth and, and stuff of that nature. Where do you stand on that? Because we are going to grow. Development is inevitable. I mean, if you if you own a piece of property in Florida, you have the right to build on it. I'm hesitant with zoning changes from commercial to residential because I personally believe we need to push more of the uh, economic development for people that are moving here for jobs. But that's a little part of it. You have the right to build. I mean, Otherwise, the city's going to end up in a whole bunch of lawsuits and go broke. Well, that, that's the, something the public doesn't fully understand, is if we deny something 
that we legally have to do. Yes, we can be sued. And we can be sued for a lot of, of money. Yeah, that we don't have. If a builder's going to lose $10 million or $15 million on a project because we said no, they're going to come after us. Right. And the courts are going to give them that money, and it's going to come out of the taxpayers. Right. And, that, and that's what the taxpayer needs to know. Those lost lawsuits, the, the funds going to the developer or to whoever comes from your tax dollars, doesn't magically appear. No, it doesn't, it doesn't. So Alan, you have a website. Yes, and it's easy, it's vote4low.com, that's vote4low.com. I've got, uh, my platform is on there, and also a donate button. It takes a lot of money to run a campaign, and I would really appreciate it as you're going through what I have to say, and you're looking at my platform, click that button and, uh, and help me help you. You have a Facebook page too. I have a Facebook page. It's Low for City Council. Also, my own Alan Low Facebook page. Most stuff is duplicated at this stage. So, I have a lot of information out there, and I will promote meet and greets on there. So, if you're not uh, on my Facebook page, go ahead to Alan Low or uh, Low for City Council, or go to my website. All the information will be there for you. That's great. Well, we have a Facebook page and a website too for our Trump Club. It's um, our website is flagler4trump.com and that's the number four. It's on your screen. Uh, Facebook page is Flagler for Trump. Obviously, no dot com. It's right. on Facebook. We hope you'll follow us there. Our meetings are every third Monday at the Palm Coast VFW. We start promptly at 6.30 p.m., so show up a few minutes early. We always have a speaker, and uh, interesting people like Alan certainly are there, uh, <laughs> candidates, so you, please yes, come join us. You get to meet conservative candidates that yes. you can be sure are conservative when you're, you're around because they come to us. So. Okay, that's all the time we have for this week. Have a great week, folks. Thank you, fellow Trumplicans. The Future of Flagler is sponsored by the Flagler Trump Club. Our meetings are every third Monday starting at 6.30 p.m. at the Palm Coast VFW. Visit our website, flaglerfortrump.com. That's flagler, the number four, trump.com to learn more. Let's make America great again.